0: Coming live from Petaluma, California, is our guest this morning. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Lion Goodman, transformational coach, author, healer, and teacher. Welcome to the show, Lion.
1: Thank you, AJ. It's a great pleasure to be here.
0: Right. And it's a great pleasure to have you on the show line. And we'll be talking about how to become the entrepreneur you desire by tapping into the subconscious mind. And you yourself are a subconscious pattern detective through transformational coaching, healing, teaching, and author- authoring. So first to understand from you, line, what is a subconscious pattern, detective, and how it becomes so important that even it can impact somebody's entrepreneurship decisions and the way one wants to move forward.
1: I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, since I was 19 years old, which was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, and I always wanted to build my business, make it more, make it better, uh, serve people better. And I kept running into problems. I kept running into things like procrastination or uh, not wanting to make another sales call or, um, or just frustration with technology. And so when I, and this was actually a pattern from my childhood, when uh, things would get frustrating, I would quit uh, or I would uh, just throw up my hands and walk away. And so I got interested in psychology and I began studying psychology actually when I was a teenager. And then when I got to college, I also studied neurology and I studied uh, philosophy and I studied um, the sciences. And I was interested in what is the nature of human nature? Why do we do the things we do? Why do we make the choices we make? And how can we make it better? And over a period of 40 years, I took more than 100 workshops and trainings trying to understand myself and understand other people. And I became a headhunter uh, when I was in my 20s. And that was my career for 25 years. So I did a lot of, I helped companies find people for their jobs. And this I saw the same thing in other people, that they wanted to be great in their life. They wanted to be successful, but things kept stopping them. So I began looking very closely at what stopped people. And what I found was that what stopped people were their internal beliefs, their limiting and negative beliefs. Now, a lot of people talk about that and they say, well, just change your beliefs. It turns out it's not so easy. So I looked at many different ways of changing beliefs and I finally understood what was it that made certain things work and most things didn't work very well. So now I teach this methodology that I developed with the best of the best techniques the best of the best methodologies to help people really clear out those internal stopping points those internal um, errors in programming that we got as children
0: right right line now you talked about you know beliefs that people create within themselves now when do these things get created in their minds is it Is it the family that they uh, grow up with? Is it the books that they read? Is it the friends that they make? Is it the workplaces or is it some life experience? Because a lot of people say. Behave very differently in spite of the environment that they grew in. Suppose somebody had a traumatic childhood, but they grow out to be great healers. Yes. Somebody can become a very negative person if they face trauma. So I ask several things here. It's not easy to understand, but I I know you have been through a very uh, special sort of life that you can look at these things in a very vivid manner and help us understand this topic, which actually lays the foundation of our future. So several things at the same time, but... (laughs) Uh, take your time. You can respond at your
1: own pace. Okay. Um, so the answer to your first question is yes. <laughs> yes, it comes from our conclusions as we're growing up. Yes, it comes from our experiences and our traumas that we experience. Yes, it comes from our parents and their programming and our grandparents' programming and all the way back. Our social programming. It comes from the media. Our Our beliefs come from our teachers and our religious authorities. Uh, who are constantly indoctrinating us with their beliefs. Now, why are they doing that? Because they think their beliefs will help us survive and thrive in the world. Unfortunately, the world changes and the beliefs and the strategies and the techniques that our parents used or our grandparents used aren't so helpful anymore. In fact, the beliefs that we came to as, as conclusions in our childhood, they actually get in the way of our adulthood. I'll give you an example. Um, If your father beat you severely as a child, uh, traumatized you, uh, children can't blame their parents. They can't say, well, mom and dad are really screwed up. They should have gotten therapy before they got married. Uh, They should be in therapy now for couples counseling. Um, They're really a problem. (laughs) Instead, the child says, "Uh, there must be something wrong with me. And so, what's wrong with me that I'm being beaten? Maybe it's that I'm bad or evil or sinful, depending on your religious uh, uh, persuasion. Uh, Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I'm just rotten at the core. And so this kind of uh, internal belief structure, this conclusion comes from that instinct we have to explain things to ourselves. We're meaning-making animals. And so we need to make something mean something. And so we come to those conclusions. Then, unfortunately, our parents and teachers and friends start adding to those conclusions. And and your father might might say, while he's beating you, you're a worthless piece of crap and you shouldn't be living here. Okay, well, that reinforces the original belief. So where beliefs come from uh, is complex because we have tens of thousands of beliefs that are in our subconscious mind. And most of them are not a problem. You know, like, for example, uh, that is a dog. Now, that's a belief. We call it a fact because everybody agrees on it. But it's right. a belief. And that belief doesn't bother you or get in your way. It's actually useful for communication. But the belief there's something wrong with me is a, can be a problem because it can prevent you from moving forward in a certain way. So we just need to clear the negative and limiting beliefs out of the way and plant new, better, empowering beliefs in their place. And I use the analogy of a garden. If you're going to build a garden to grow fruits and vegetables, uh, then first you need to clear the soil. You need to get the rocks and the weeds out of the way. And then you turn over the soil. Then when you plant your seeds, your positive thoughts, positive affirmations, then they can grow and they can blossom and they can give fruit. Um, but most people just take new, new ideas, new seeds, new beliefs, and they throw them on the rocky, weedy ground of the subconscious mind, which is why they don't work. It's why affirmations don't work for the most part. It's why many belief change techniques don't work because they haven't cleared the belief from the core of the psyche, which is where it lives. And one last point, and, and then it will get to your next question. Um, our experience is multidimensional we see we hear we feel we smell we we touch uh we intuit we detect from other people their signals even the nonverbal ones we we have spiritual information coming in all the time so our experience is multidimensional since our beliefs are made of our experiences that means that beliefs are multidimensional and so in order to clear something completely you have to clear it from all those dimensions most techniques that are used for belief change, clear it from one or maybe two dimensions. Like you can clear it mentally, but not emotionally, or you can clear it physically by beating on a pillow, but that doesn't influence your mental mind. So that's that's what I discovered through all that research, is that we're multidimensional beings having multidimensional experiences, and that we need to use a multidimensional methodology to really clear what's in the way.
0: Right, right, line. Now, a lot of people have different beliefs and uh, I believe in that freedom that everybody should uh, have that freedom to carry on with their beliefs. But then there is the practical part of life. Like, for example, a lot of people believe in this flat earth theory. I don't want to contest them, though there are a lot of scientific evidence or you know, all those telescopes and web television, which tells us what exactly the truth is. But it is fine. People have that belief and they still continue to have their own discussions and all. Fine with me. But then a lot of people hold a lot of other beliefs that can, you know, be uh, difficult for other people to handle. And so many people term it as stupidity. So what is the difference between stupidity and a belief that somebody carries on from a long time. And how do you deal with that, especially when it comes to workplaces? Even in relationships, it can impact. Even in uh, even in workplaces, it can impact deeply because others do not know you that closely and they may make judgments about it. But sometimes uh, if you may look at it as judgment, but they will be looking at it purely from a practical perspective point of view. How does one deal with these sort of things when you are carrying any particular belief that you think is a belief and not stupidity? And how do you (laughs) mend yourself out of that? And especially if you are wanting to become an entrepreneur, uh, because then you got to take a lot of people along with that. Who cures you out of this? Is it a therapist? Is it a healer? Is it a teacher? Is it a coach? Life coach, business coach, who is the right person for that? So again, several questions at the same time. <laughs> but, you know, uh, sometimes a belief can be stupidity for another. But for somebody, it can be the deepest wisdom of his or her life. But then yes. when you come to the practical world, you know, you can't go to space with a thinking of a flat flatwork uh, uh, theory. Can you? You can't. <laughs> so that's the type of, you know, clashes that can happen with certain belief and the way practical People look at life practically.
1: Yes. Well, um, I have to bring in probably the most important theory that I teach that explains a lot of this. And that is the three universe theory. So there's not just one universe. There's three universes at least. We have our personal universe. That's what my experience, my thoughts, my feelings. They're, they're my opinions and my view viewpoint. That's my personal universe. And in my personal universe, I have the right and the ability to create whatever I want. So, for example, if you wanted to be happy, you could just declare, I am happy. And if you declare it with enough conviction, you'll feel happiness. That's a self-creation. And everybody's entitled to create whatever experiences they want. Now, that's this universe, but that's enclosed within a larger universe called the social universe. In the social universe, that's the world of you and I. And the rules of creation are different. I can't create something in your universe, and you can't create it in mine. Otherwise, it's indoctrination. So what I can do, though, is to if we want to create something together, we want to create a podcast together. Well, we can communicate, we can negotiate, we can schedule, we can plan, we can have the right technology that brings us together at the same time. And we get to create a podcast together. So that's how you create in the social universe is through agreements, commitments, communication, negotiation. Now that's the social universe. And for example, money is in the social universe. We exchange money, which is a belief system for what we think of as valuable. So if I want to buy something, I have to use this stuff called money. Was it bought in, in India? Uh, and, and so uh, I, I feel it's valuable. I believe it's valuable. And if you're the store owner, I exchange my value for your value. That's a social transaction. And so uh, if you took away the belief from money, it would just be pieces of paper or plastic. <laughs> okay. So that's the social universe. The social universe exists in a larger universe called the physical universe. That's the laws of physics, chemistry, biology, botany, the the laws that are of matter and energy. So in that that universe, we can't create it. It's already created before we got here. But what what can we do to create in the physical universe? We can move objects. We can shape them and cut them and join them and decorate them. That's called art or sculpture or building a house. That's how we create. So we have to use to to really create something great like a business. You have to use all three universes. You have to have a clear vision for yourself. You have to engage in social actions that, that, that trade value for money. And you have to have the technology, the physical matter that enables you to do your business or the matter. If you're a product, if you produce products, you need to have the matter made in the way you want so that you can produce it for someone else. So a lot of this business about beliefs gets confused in that arena of the three universes. Oh, I can create my own reality. Uh, so an, a skeptic would say, OK, create a beer in my hand. <laughs> you know? right. uh, and so. Uh, You know, maybe there are gurus who can do that. Um, uh, Sai Baba apparently was able to create out of nothing. But most of us aren't there. Most of us don't have that power. We have to operate within the universes and their rules of creation. So if I wanted to, if you said, okay, create a beer in my hand, I, I would say, okay, I, you know, we're in a social situation here. You made a request of me and I'll make a commitment to you to get you a beer but I have to get into my physical car, drive to the physical store, buy the physical can, which someone else produced somewhere else and brought to the store. And I have to exchange money in the social universe. And then I can bring it back in my car and put it in your hand and make you happy because you have a beer. So <laughs> but I've used all three of the universes. And that's what you have to do in any business is be aware of all three universes and use them well.
0: Right, right. Well, well explained, uh, Lion. Now, in terms of the subconscious mind, which creates your universe, or even uh, how does it clash with the practical mind? How does it operate? Can the subconscious mind be so strong that uh, it can create a new universe for you? And your practical mind, which goes through all these studies and sees this world, Uh, sees the reality and and books and all those things, understanding that goes through all your life, how does it work? Doesn't your real mind, the practical mind, tell your subconscious mind that, listen, belief is something and stupidity is something else? How does it work? And why do people continue to still be in their universes many or a lot of period through their lives? Well,
1: uh... Our programs, like if if we were a computer, we're not. Computers are like brains. Brains aren't like computers. But but if we were a computer, we would have our operating system. I call it our human operating system. And these are the the programs, the rules, and the the thoughts and the strategies and the beliefs that we that we built up over time in our childhood into our adulthood. Now, those tens of thousands of programs are running in the background all the time. And so if I consciously make a decision, I'm going to lose weight this month. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. What that does is it stimulates older beliefs to come up and reassert themselves. So I say, okay, I'm going to lose 10 pounds this month. And immediately I hear voices. Oh, come on. You've never lost 10 pounds in a month. Forget it. Don't even bother. And, hey, remember, there's that chocolate cake in the refrigerator that you have to finish before you start a diet. And, oh, don't bother dieting because we have to go to a wedding next week and, and uh, you can't be on a diet during a wedding. Uh, so I, I hear all these voices and they are simply my subconscious mind saying, hey, you're challenging our rules. And so we, so we have to have a tool for dealing with them because they come up automatically. And I wish I could teach this to every child in the in the world because it's an important understanding that whenever you make a commitment to do something new, you are going to stimulate all this, these old beliefs. And if you believe them, you will quit or you will stop. But if you challenge them and if you work to clear them out of the way, then you can take a step forward in another step forward in another step forward, then more beliefs will come up up, and then you can clear them with a tool that will get rid of them permanently.
0: Right, right. Now let's try and look at it from an entrepreneurship point of view. As you said, if you want to lose 10 pounds and suddenly your other beliefs will come and say, no, you have never done that. In the same way, a lot of people think about entrepreneurship. Uh, Many people are very capable they want to take that plunge into entrepreneurship. And many people who are already in entrepreneurship, they are not able to take the amount of risk that they know they can take, but their mind limits them or their environment limits them. How can they deal with the negative beliefs that stops them from achieving what they desire, what they can become? Where is... How, how how they can change this subconscious negativity into something positive? And many people deal also with nowadays is the imposter syndrome. So yeah. how do they take it forward and become the good entrepreneur that they want?
1: First of all, this is what I teach in my Clear Your Beliefs coaching program. And it's what I teach in my coach training, the Clear Beliefs coach training, because it's not easy to clear a belief completely. Most people try to overlay it with another belief, like, oh, I'll never be able to do that. Yes, I can, yes, I can, yes, I can. And they're trying to, but all that does is it pushes the old belief down further into the subconscious and it pushes back up even stronger. So what you have to do is you have to really understand where the belief came from. Look at all the times when you experienced that belief, when you had that thought, and clear them all the way out of your life stream all the way out of your memory and then you have the cleared ground that you can then plant a new belief in so this is a process that can take 15 or 20 minutes to clear one belief but when it's clear it's gone and it doesn't come back so what i suggest to to your listeners is to begin by diagnosing their beliefs uh, i have a exercise called belief self diagnosis in my free ebook and that will give, give people uh, guidance to go through it. So you say a sentence like, um, uh, I want to build a business. And then you listen to your mind and it will say those counter beliefs. Oh, you can't do that. And you write down, you can't do that. And then you say it again. I will build my business to $100,000 a year. And another part of your mind says, that's way too much money. And another part says you're selfish. And then you write those down and you keep writing down whatever your mind says and you write and you write and you write until there's no more sayings or until they start repeating. And then you have a document to know what are the beliefs that are running you. And then we take people into our our process and we can clear them one by one. But just recognizing them, just recognizing those voices and those thoughts and realizing that's just a belief. It's not true. It never was true. It might have been helpful when you were a kid to believe that you can't do that because dad said you can't do that. So it may have been helpful as a child, but it's no longer helpful. But you have to get them out of your mind and onto paper as the first step.
0: Okay. And how do people access that uh, free information
1: uh, line? Clearyourbeliefs.com. That's a place where you can download the free ebook and learn about our coaching program as well.
0: Right, right. Now, Len, you you talk about, you know, clear beliefs method of trauma-informed therapeutic coaching, and you have taught more than 500 coaches, healers and therapists around the world. And it's both accredited by the International Coaching Federation and Association for Coaching. But that is as of today. When you were 26, You were shot in the head four times and then it was all, it was a near death experience for you. For a lot of people who have either so much of things or less things, they are unhappy. They look at life negatively. A thing like that, that happened to you, you could have lived with the fear that life is short. Anything like that can happen again. So let me live a life, you know, and do whatever I please. And just many people can squander away their lives. What was the your belief that led you to build something into something today that you are such a big coach? You heal a lot of people. You, you show the path to a lot of entrepreneurs today. What is it that was the foundation for you? What is it that people can look into their lives that can be the foundation of their uh, future, of the things that they want to do? Because as you said, belief is the foundation of your so many things that you want to do. So maybe from your life, people can understand it better that if you can do it, then I can also do it. And you let your negative beliefs Put you put them in the background or wipe them out of your own system. That's why I asked this particular.
1: Yes question. Good good. Many of us have been traumatized, sometimes brutally with beatings and hittings and, and uh, other times verbally with, with yelling and screaming. Um, and sometimes just uh, emotionally, like if your mother or father was just not there, was not connected to you, that's a type of trauma. So trauma is becoming more and more well-known as as a very deep part of our programming. That's why my program is Trauma-Informed Therapeutic Coaching, because we know that beliefs come from our traumas. As I said before, you might conclude that I'm a terrible person from being beaten, even though that was never true. So we have to be able to look down into those very early beliefs to understand where they came from. Now, I had studied spirituality and psychology and philosophy and linguistics in college. And this incident happened when I was 26. I was on the road as a salesman. And a man uh, whose car had broken down, I offered him a ride. And he traveled with me for three days. And I grew to trust him. And the third night out, he pulled out a gun and shot me four times in the head. Now, fortunately, uh, two of the bullets missed me and two of them bounced off my skull. So I wasn't in danger of dying but I was already outside of my body by the time this all was completed. Uh, And when I was out of my body, I was looking down at the scene where this man was shooting this other man and I wasn't really identified with it. I was kind of amused by it. Like, oh, look at that scene, isn't that amusing? Um, And what I realized is I am not my body. That was the first realization uh, at that point. Uh, I was having a direct experience that I was not my body because my body was down there. And then when the fourth bullet hit me, I was back in my body, and and so uh, that began an eight-hour conversation with the shooter, uh, in order for us to find a way to let each other go at that moment. That's a story that's on my website liongoodman.com, uh, so I won't take any more time with that. But I would say that uh, first of all, I was not heavily traumatized, even though I was hit by two bullets, uh, because I was in my experience at the moment. I was not resistant. To the experience of being shot and possibly dying. In fact, I was sure I was going to die, and so instead of resisting it, because you've heard, you may have heard that resistance causes persistence, right? Whatever we resist gets pushed down into the subconscious mind and gets stuck there. But I was not resisting. I was going, okay, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I might as well die happy and die in bliss and with you know with with God flowing through me. And so I did not resist at all. In fact, that's how the fourth bullet bounced off of me cuz my I was so relaxed that that when the bullet hit me it just pushed my head to the side and it bounced off. So, my recommendation for everyone is to f- feel your feelings fully, experience your experiences fully, and if there's something that happened to you as a child or as a young adult, if you were traumatized, go back into the memory And very carefully and very slowly re-experience it so that all of that information can pour through, pour through your body. And when information pours through you, then it can be integrated and then it doesn't get stuck and it doesn't end up in fear or depression or anger. It's It's just an experience. And so this is part of our process is we find out what the experience was that caused those beliefs and we go back and we re-experience those incidents. And, and from an adult point of view, it's like, oh, yeah, well, I was being beaten, but that was just, first, it was just my body. Secondly, I'm not being beaten right now, so and I'm bigger than my father now, so I don't have to be afraid of him anymore. So we're reprogramming all of the beliefs that were accumulated from those experiences. So that's the way to do it, is you have to digest everything that has been suppressed.
0: Right, right. But after that incident uh, uh, lion, didn't you feel any sort of animosity towards the world or, you know, around you that, listen, I was trying to help, help somebody on the road. His, His car had broken down. He was with me for three days and this is what happened to me. Means you can suddenly become very negative yourself and and then spread that negativity every everywhere. How did it not happen with you? Instead, it came to that you are helping the world through what you have learned. And it's not for one day, for many decades, you have been doing this.
1: Well, the first thing uh, is that is that once I knew I was going to die, I realized I don't want to die with anger in my heart. I don't want to die with, with uh, regret or frustration. I don't want to die unfinished with any unfinished business. I was 26 years old. And so I immediately started praying and I went back through my life and I asked for forgiveness for everyone that had ever hurt me, that I, that I had hurt. And I, and I forgave everyone that had hurt me. So I was in a state of forgiveness already. I wasn't angry at this man. This was just what was happening. I accepted what was happening. And when I was out of my body and in, I was, was this golden glow of beautiful love energy was filling me up. And so I even had love for the man who was shooting me. It's like their love is what we're here for. Uh, so anything that, that we resist gets stuck in us and causes it like a crimp in the pipe. You know, we're supposed to be flowing through our chakras, beautiful energy up upward and downward. And the downward current is the manifestation current. When you're an entrepreneur, you have to get really good at that. And I've written a book about that creating on purpose. Um, Right. uh, So so when we are resisting something, when we were traumatized and we cramp down, we defend ourselves, we get tight, then that is like crimping a pipe that water's flowing through. You can't get enough water through it anymore. So all of therapy and all of good coaching, therapeutic coaching at least, um, and healing is about opening those pipes again and letting the old stuff flow out and filling yourself with the light that, of who we are. And that's the spiritual energy that's there. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a mother, a father, if you're you know a, a, a worker in the streets, it doesn't matter. What matters is how open you are to, to God's light and God's energy.
0: Right, right. And then you wrote five books around all your experiences and, and about life and how you are helping people. There is so much to learn from you, Lion. I, I, can, I can tell you that. How can, you know, what, what how do people get hold of these books? What are these books all about and where they can find these books, buy these books?
1: Well, um, on my personal website, which is liongoodman.com, uh, you can read my article about my near-death experience. You can read my other articles. I've written over a hundred articles. You can watch videos of me, uh, and you can also download my ebooks. And there's four ebooks to download there. Um, I have one published book which is creating on purpose, as I mentioned, and it has been published in India, by the way. Um, so, uh, uh, I don't know its name in, in, in Hindi, but, uh, okay. but, uh, but uh, the, that book is available. Um, and, uh, I love sharing the knowledge and wisdom that I've accumulated from all my years of experience, uh, because I've always been a seeker. I've always sought after truth and I've also been an entrepreneur. So I'm in the world being an entrepreneurial and then sharing that knowledge with other people. It's a great joy and I love doing it
0: right right and how do people connect with you you know people who may want to take coaching from you especially you know your clear beliefs method uh, get healed and you know and and perhaps do some sort of you know business with you so how do they connect with you
1: uh two websites liongoodman.com, which is a way to find out about my coaching and clearyourbeliefs.com and there's contact uh, contact tabs on each of those so they can get in direct touch. I love receiving emails and, and, uh, people who reach out to me. So I will respond.
0: Right, right, right. Now my last question to you is that you said you are a seeker, but you, you, you show a lot of path to so many people who, uh, who need to find all that, the right path within themselves, because it's their beliefs. And that, and many coaches and coaches, you, you help them coaches find, find the way. And then they go and show everybody else the way. What about you now? What do you seek? Where do you want to go from here?
1: (laughs) What a lovely question. If
0: if I, if I, if I look at it (laughs) from that moment of when you were 26 and somebody was trying to kill you.
1: Yes. That's a lovely question. Thank you for asking it. Um, so. The technology that I've brought together, the Clear Beliefs Method, is so powerful and it works so well and so quickly that my what I'm seeking is a way to make it worldwide. How do I spread this as widely as possible so that it's a, a practical technique for healing and coaching and getting better yourself so you can do better in the world? How do I expand it and spread it around the world? So that's my quest and I, sometimes I think I'm more of a finder than a seeker so, because I've, I've found so many truths. I've, I've explored so many paths, but I've found what works for me. And I always say to other people, let's see if this works for you. I don't tell them it will because I can't know. I don't know who they are yet. But I offer them, here's my perspective. See if it helps. See if it is a perspective you want to try on because we can try on other people's beliefs like uh, just like we try we have our own beliefs but we can take them off we can try other people's beliefs on so when you do that you become very flexible of mind and that opens your mind to new possibilities so try a few beliefs on that you haven't tried before that's my recommendation
0: right and you know at that point in time when you said that perhaps if you are going to die then you'll better die with regrets how do you look at your own life now. Regrets, no regrets, happy, unhappy,
1: beautiful. No regrets. I, if I died today, if I died, if, if we hung up the our Zoom call and I fell over, I would be so happy with my life. So I feel very good about what I've accomplished because I've been a giver, not just a seeker, but also a giver. And I, I want to share what I've learned with others. And when you're a giver, life is good. Even if you're an entrepreneur, you're giving people the opportunity to take your products or buy your service. You're giving uh, in, in business and in exchange and commerce. That's a way of giving and making everyone better.
0: Making everyone better. That's what life is all about. Thank you so much, uh, Lion Goodman, on coming on to the show. On this note, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ
1: Masterclass Life. Thank you, AJ.